Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Last week, we looked at the fact that we would be shaped in death, shaped in the death of Jesus Christ and our lives being put to death and our old man being put to death and our old man dying and the importance of that in our lives. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, a man that knew what it was to die as he died in World War II for his faith, he made this statement. He said, after death, something new begins over which all the powers of the world of death have no more might in our lives after death. The Bible says, oh death, where is your sting? The resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important for us to know and understand. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of years ago and, and he did a trip to Jerusalem. And I know mum and dad went to Jerusalem a few years ago and I know many of us in the room maybe have wanted to do that or have done that in their lifetime. But this friend of mine went there with his wife and his mother-in-law. Uh, she wasn't one of those mother-in-laws that we love. I'm grateful that I have a good mother-in-law. Uh, but this was one of those painful mother-in-laws and they went on their trip to Jerusalem. They travelled through all the, all the sacred spots, seeing all the wonderful things there was to see. But during that trip, this guy's mother-in-law passed away in, in Israel and he was telling me um, when she passed away, it was like, what do we do now? Like, how do we get her back home? What do we, how do we outwork this? And, and they got in contact with the undertakers that were there and they gave him a few options. They said, listen, we can bury her in, in Jerusalem for only $150 Australian or it's going to cost you $5,000 to fly her body back home. My friend was thinking on it for a while. He's like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, like eh, 150 bucks, she's buried here. Five grand to fly back home. You know, 150 bucks sounds like a good option. But then he thought about it and he came back to the undertaker. He said, you know what? We're going to pay the five grand and we're going to fly home. The undertaker was a bit, he was a bit, Put off by that he's like wow you must really care about your mother-in-law you know it's 150 dollars only a small amount of money and she's buried in the holy land a sacred place and and he pulled the undertaker aside and he said this he said you know what here's the deal here's the deal he said uh my biggest challenge is this yes it's a lot of money to fly back home but the last person i heard of being buried in jerusalem was 2000 years ago and he was only buried for three days and he rose again from the dead listen <laughs> I'm not going to risk that. I'm sending her home. We're in a barrier in Australia. Resurrected. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Hopefully I didn't give anyone any ideas here today. Thank you, Pastor Steve. It's actually 11 years. Still a good one. Verse 10 and 11 that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Listen, verse 11. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You know, this is an incredible statement to wrap up this concept. He says, if by any means I may attain. If we go back to the original Greek, that if by any means, the statement basically means Whatever I need to do, wherever I need to do it, however I need to do it, that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. It's an incredible statement for Paul to make. It's an incredible statement in light of many of the other statements he makes throughout much of 
of the other New Testament writings that he has. He says, if by any means I may obtain to that resurrection from the dead, I, I, I see this and if we understand what many theologians tell us about this piece of Scripture, he's not just talking about the resurrection from the dead that we understand as dying and being resurrected to be with Christ. He's speaking about a resurrection that happens right here, right now in the life that we live here today. We've got to understand that there is a resurrection happening inside of us every single day as God is resurrecting who we are as men and women of God. John Piper said this, few people seem to realise that the resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone to a worldview that provides the perspective to all of life. The resurrection that happens in our life is a perspective that gives us the real picture for everything that we have to do in our life here today. Listen, Paul is saying that we need to be resurrected continually. Now again, you may say, no, he's only talking about resurrection from the dead. He wouldn't have said this, I need to find however I can, whatever I can, wherever I can to find that resurrection. Because in fact, in Ephesians 2, he said this, by grace I've been saved through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Paul understood that resurrection came. And I want to be clear, if you know Christ in this room, if you've come to the knowledge of Jesus, you've surrendered your heart to Him, you've allowed Him to wash away your yesterday, your past, you, you, when you die, you go and are resurrected in heaven with Jesus. Listen, we're going to understand Paul is speaking about an aspect of our world that is resurrected today. There is a resurrection power at work in every believer right now in our lives. And Paul says this, I want to find how I can, where I can, when I can, whatever I can to allow the resurrection power of Jesus Christ to be at work on the inside of me and who I am today. I love how the Amplified lays this out. It says this, that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead even while in my body, that lifts me out from among the dead, even while I am in my body. I want to tell you today, Jesus wants to resurrect you and I in every aspect of our world. He wants to bring us alive afresh in our hearts, in our minds, in our thinking, in our believing, and wants to resurrect us even amongst the dead world that we live in today. That we'd be resurrected continually. I read another great quote during the week and it said this, Jesus' resurrection is the beginning of God's new project not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonise earth with the life of heaven. That after all is what the Lord's Prayer is all about. Listen, we sung the Lord's Prayer. Bring your kingdom here on earth today. Resurrect your kingdom on earth today. Listen, the world was created for the kingdom of God to rule and to reign on the earth. The, the world was created for you and I not to be walking in the brokenness of our lives, not to be walking in the mess of what we've known, but to be walking risen again today. Paul says this, that I would find whatever I need to do to attain resurrection continually on the inside of me, that my soul and my mind and my heart would walk into the fullness of resurrection. Edward Louise Cole made an incredible statement. Man of God that, that I remember as a young man, he said this, it's not enough to be delivered from sin. It is enough to be delivered to righteousness. The resurrected life 
isn't just a life of survival. The resurrected life that Paul is speaking about here isn't just scraping through, barely getting past sin, isn't just getting past the next day, isn't just getting through tomorrow. The resurrected life that Paul is talking about here is a life that is rising in the righteousness of Christ, calling us to all that God has for us as men and women of God. He said, I look wherever I can, whatever I need to do, however I need to outwork my life, coming to a place of living a resurrected life in Jesus Christ. Listen, I am grateful for what we've been looking at over these past weeks. I'm grateful that Jesus was resurrected. I'm grateful for the power of His resurrection working in me. I'm grateful for what it means in my life through challenge and difficulty. I'm grateful for the reality that in my difficulty, I can bring alignment between me and Christ. I am grateful for all of those things. But I'm even more grateful that Paul stopped and said, listen, that we would see the power of His resurrection moving in us, that we would also be resurrected. Listen, if we realise what Paul was doing here, he's... Again, he gets to the start of chapter three and he's thinking of wrapping up and he's saying, okay, guys, I love you guys. I miss you guys. I wish I was with you guys. And I'm saying this last thing. And then he goes further from that to now saying, listen, I can't wrap up. There's something so much more and so much more important to tell you. If we know this, he's sitting in a jail cell awaiting his execution, writing to people that he cared for dearly. And he comes now to a point of saying, listen, you got to know Christ. It's important that you know Jesus. I, I can't finish my conversation with you without saying you need to know Him. I can't finish you without saying you need to know that He's resurrected and He's powerful today. It's so important for you to get this. And listen, I, 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 it's important that I, I, I wrap up by continually saying you, you need to know Him through the challenges that you face, through the issues that you're going through. You need to know Him. You need to know Him. But then He says, listen, once you've known Him, once you've encountered His resurrection power, once you've encountered the reality that you're fellowshipping Him through challenge, you're going to fellowship Him through the fact that there's areas of your life that are going to die. We talked about this last week. There's areas that need to stay hung upon the cross, the areas of, of our challenges and the issues of our life. But he says, don't just stay dead. Don't just take your life and let areas of your life die, but be resurrected to the fullness that I've created you to. The fullness. Listen, I, I, I drove through an aisle this morning and I saw so many people surviving nowhere near the fullness of how God created them. I've been a pastor for nigh on 25 years and in 25 years I've watched so many believers that have barely made their way through life and, and they've barely made their way holding on to get to church on a Sunday, to barely scrape through but Paul says, I, I don't want you to be a church that sees the greatness of God, sees a resurrected Christ that's knocked off your horse and lays on the ground blinded. He says, I want you to be a church that eyes are opened again. He writes to the Ephesians church to the fullness of the power of God that is there for your life. See the hope of His calling, the richness of His inheritance and the greatness of His power that is there for us in our lives. Listen, in chapter 3, two verses later, he makes a profound statement in it for the next two verses. He says this, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected. 
He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of what Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to apprehend it. But one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind me, I press on towards the goal of the upward call that is in Christ Jesus. Paul's setting this statement up with the reality of saying this. He's saying, listen, I'm doing everything in my life right now to make sure that I'm seeing Christ continually regenerate, continually rebuild, continually reestablish, continually resurrect everything that He's created me to be. The fullness of my life. He says, I haven't apprehended all of that yet. He's writing, he's, he's sitting there waiting for his death. He says, I haven't fully apprehended. I keep pressing on. I keep my eyes to where God's leading me to. I feel like one of the greatest challenges we face as Christians is just being happy with our lives. Listen, we must find peace and walk in peace in our lives, but just happy with where we're at in this. Paul doesn't say that. He's sitting in jail awaiting his death and has written at times saying, listen, it would be better that I was with Jesus, but I'm still alive right now because you guys need me and I haven't apprehended everything I know that God's created me for. So I'm still pressing on to the resurrected reality that my life is actually called to be. He's setting them up to show them, hey, listen, there's so much more for our lives. There's so much more that God has to bring a resurrection on the inside of us, bring a resurrection in who we are. If we jump on another couple of verses, we go into chapter four and Paul's right and he's saying, hey, some of you guys have got challenges, settle those things between yourselves. Now come together as a people. And he says this, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, Paul's showing us a picture of what a resurrected life starts to look like. Listen, he says this, I press on, but he says, I'm never anxious for my future. Isn't it amazing the balance between the two? Anyone struggle with this? Oh, I'm, I'm in peace. Everything's all good. Oh, there's more, there's more, there's more. But is the more brings an anxiousness. There's more, I've got to be more, I've got to do better. I've got to do, I'm a terrible Christian. I've got to, has anyone ever gone through that uh, swing between the two? Sometimes I feel like we're bipolar Christians. We're like, I'm trying, to be, I'm trying not to be anxious, I'm trying to be at peace, but I'm trying to also look over here. Paul lays this out so clear. He says, I look up to the resurrection that Jesus has for me in my life and I do everything I can to attain it. I, I don't say that I've apprehended. One thing I do, I press on towards the future that's in Christ. But listen, as I'm doing it, I'm anxious for nothing. Because I know that the work of the resurrection comes through the resurrected Christ and His righteousness coming alive in my life. I know it's a work of the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'm not staying where I'm at. I'm not staying here. I'm apprehending and I'm pressing towards the future that comes as I continually give myself daily to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ inside of me as I rise again and say, Jesus, I'm letting yesterday die again. I'm letting my mess stay behind me. I'm letting the anxiousness of yesterday be there. I'm letting the anxiousness of what I'm facing now. I'm letting the anxiousness of COVID. I'm letting the anxiousness of the struggles in Brisbane today. I'm letting those things all die and I'm not being anxious, but I'm pressing on towards what you've called me to do and who you've called me to be. Anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
you know, Paul is so clear that a resurrected life is a reconnected life. If you struggle in your relationship with Jesus today, let me be really clear. The work of the cross made way for you to come back to the Father. To walk into His presence. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says that we could run boldly to the throne of grace. We could run boldly to the throne of grace. You know, I've been married for 25 years this year. But if I wanted to walk in my dad's house, I would walk boldly and I wouldn't knock on the door and wait for my dad to open the door. I'd just walk in if it's unlocked. I'd just walk into, my house, into his house. I'd open his fridge boldly and eat all of his food. Because his house has always been my house. And here, I want to be clear, this is what Paul is showing us that we're not anxious, we're back into relationship and in relationship with thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for all you've done. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for what's ahead with supplication, with thanksgiving. I let my request be made known to a God that I'm reconnected with because I am reconciled through the righteousness of Christ. I am reconciled through the regeneration that's happened in my heart. I'm reconciled through the fact that I am resurrected in Jesus. And the peace of God. And the peace of God. Listen, this morning, a resurrected life is a peace-filled life because it's resurrected to the power of the Holy Spirit who comes and moves in our life. And when He does, He brings peace. He brings peace. Listen, Paul's really clear Whatever I need to do, however I need to do it, whenever I need to do it, I'm pressing on towards my future. But I'm pressing on knowing there's peace here. There's peace in my journey. And the peace that he says, which surpasses all understanding. Paul is taking us to something that he's mentioned so many times through his letters, that this mind is where peace really needs to be. But this mind is where peace is always so far from. I, I don't know about you, I feel like the thing that is the hardest to be resurrected in my life is my mind. My language can be, my actions can be, but my mind is still a mess so often. I'm still thinking on the challenges that I'm facing. I'm still getting anxious about the things that go on. But when we come to the place of what Paul is trying to show us here, the pressing on into the resurrected reality of what Jesus has done in us is minds that have been resurrected. I, I know some of us, that's our biggest challenge, what goes on here in our thinking and the peace of God, which surpasses our mental understanding. The resurrected power of Jesus Christ is beyond my mental understanding of what I need tomorrow, what I need in my life. Will guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. I want to speak to a resurrected people today and remind us what Paul writes to us right here. In amongst a season where things are continually all over the place, a resurrected mind, a resurrected believer, a resurrected journey, a resurrected walk is outworked with minds that are guarded through Christ Jesus, through the work of the cross. He says, I, I look any way that I may attain. Listen, one of the greatest ways we can attain is come and say, Jesus, take control of this mind. Bring death to it so it can be resurrected in Christ. If there is an area of my life that needed to die, it's my mind. 
If there's an area in my life that needs to be resurrected, it's my mind. And Paul comes back to his second finally. Finally, brethren. This is like dad again saying, yep, yep, son, we'll be gone in five minutes. This is Paul five minutes to go midway through the last chapter here. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Or can I translate him in my language, resurrect your mind with these things. He says, listen, whatever I need to do to attain resurrection, whatever I need, can I practicalize this and make it as simple and as easy as I can to take the Word of God and to put it in your hands to help you live with it tomorrow? Can I do that as simple as I can? Paul says simply this. He says, now, You are resurrected and whatever you need to do to bring resurrection, I pray that I would do that. And he says, one of the simplest and easiest ways to do that, stop thinking about stupid crap and start to think about some right stuff. You've been on the news, looking at every news report of what's going on with floods in Brisbane and you haven't opened your Bible for a week. Whatever things are pure, whatever things are righteous, whatever things are of good report, open some of that stuff up. You've been reading about Ukraine and you're thinking about World War Three, and you're thinking, oh my God, this place is falling apart. Yes, it is. And it has been for thousands of years. But the resurrected Jesus has resurrected His church for thousands and thousands of years. And He's resurrecting us today. Whatever things are noble and pure, you want to resurrect your brain. Stop looking at that stuff and look at some things that are resurrecting our thinking again. Take the promises of God, study them, read them, implement them. Let them get into our minds because our minds are struggling right now. They need to be resurrected. Paul says, hey, finally, guys, I want to simplify this. I know we theologicalize this, but now I want to simplify this. Whatever things are there to help your mind come back to the peace that's in the beauty of the resurrected Christ, think about it. Meditate upon it. Let it wash over your minds. Let it wash over your heart. Let it wash over your thinking so that your spirit man can come back alive to the fullness that God's created you for. I can't put it any simpler than that. In this day and age, we have so much news, so many reports, so much information, so many things telling us what we should and shouldn't be thinking that we forget to come back to whatever things are noble and pure and of good report and filled with the truths of Jesus. Whatever's praiseworthy. Hearing about the great testimonies of Jesus transforming lives hearing about the great testimonies of the power at work in us, hearing about what His Word speaks to us. Can we come back and meditate on those things? Let our minds be resurrected and come alive and be filled with the peace of God that surpasses our understanding. And it does. To be filled with peace today goes past the understanding of every unbeliever I know right now. I sit and talk to my friends that don't know Christ and right now they're just, I don't know what's happening in this world. 
I had a good friend of mine. I've been sharing Jesus with him for 10 years, just continually sharing Jesus. And when I get on the phone, he's like, ah, everything's going bad. You know, the government's crazy. Yeah, always crazy. Ah, this is going on in America. Ah, this is going on in Russia. Ah, this is going on in Ukraine. Ah, this is going hey man, you're freaking out. This is going on in my marriage. This is going on in the suburbs around him. It's going on in my kids. Yes, it's always going on. But peace that surpasses that comes as we give our minds to be resurrected in Christ. Resurrected. Church, we were created to live a resurrected life. We are created to live a resurrected life in Christ. And if we know anything of what Paul writes to the Philippians church, he writes this, that we would look to attain the fullness of resurrection that's there for you and for I, to walk into it. I lift my eyes to what's ahead. I let go of some yesterday. I let go of some of my failures. I let go of some times when my mind was just wrong and caught up in my mess and thinking about all the things I did wrong and all the things I said wrong and all the things I outworked wrong. He says, I leave it all behind. And I look to what Jesus is doing in my life. What he's recreating on the inside of me in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray today. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.